1: Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the horn.
2: Welcome back to the sports complex on a Friday afternoon on the show today. As we get ready for the weekend, we talk about the big games in the big 12 in Texas, taking on the number three team on the country on the road, big game for Texas tomorrow. Some of the other big 12 matchups. It's also all star weekend happening in Indianapolis, uh, for the NBA, uh, some Texas, some Spurs players, some Rockets players, some, some uh, Mavericks players all taking part in the event. We'll get into all the festivities happening at All-Star Weekend. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. Texas baseball kicks off their season as well tonight against San Diego. We'll mention that, go into that. And a little bit more Cowboys talk as they hire some staff. And we may look at some of their free agents to be who the Cowboys have to make some tough decisions about we know Jerry likes his guys will he keep them or do some of them have time to move on we'll get to all that and a lot more including your text messages 512-447-3776 512-447-3776 is the text line number you guys drive the show I just try to keep it on the rails which means whatever you guys want to talk about if you guys got a take, if you guys got something you want to talk about, we'll try and talk about it on the show at some point. Uh, we try to get to everybody's text, talk a little bit about everything that you want to talk about. We don't have everything in front of us, so we can't talk about everything, but we try to talk about as much as we can with you guys on the show. Uh, if you have hot takes, we do the big fat poll of the day at the end of the first segment, so we'll get to that shortly and give you some uh, some to chime in about. We love when you guys join the show. It makes the show a lot more fun for me and I think for everybody listening to. when you join the show, 512-447-3776 especially on a Friday on a Friday afternoon, we get to the weekend going to have a good weekend. A buddy of mine just got some new a new place, so go check that place out uh, this weekend. Have some fun a big UFC fight this weekend a card where I actually know a lot more of the fighters. Uh, this seems to be a big one this weekend. Maybe go check out the UFC uh, fight this weekend. That could be a lot of fun uh, some good matchups. NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, I am a uh, NBA head, so I do enjoy NBA All-Star Weekend. And, you know, the Spurs at least have some people involved in some of the events. So I can have some people to root for in those events, too. We'll get into all of that uh, in just a little bit. And, of course, uh, big, big game for Texas basketball. Uh, taking on number three, Houston at Houston. Texas, of course, dropped the game to Houston in Austin. It was a close matchup, but... It was a matchup that Texas was in and and felt like they could have won if they would have picked up the intensity earlier in the first half. It took them about 10 minutes to really get a feel for what the game was going to be. And then coming out in the second half, played a much better game, but... Uh, just started off really slow, did not play with the effort and intensity they needed to play with against Houston. And you hope as they get to this back end of the Big 12 Conference, and there's a few games they play, they're they going to play against teams they've not played against, Kansas being the most notable of those. Uh, but most of the teams that they're playing at the end of the season, they have played before already, and it gives you a little bit better of an idea of what you're walking into. Because you can watch game film against somebody else and take away what you think, you know, everything is happening. You can take away what you feel like the players is going to be and the intensity of the game. And once you get into the game, both teams are going to try and set their energy level and intensity. Both teams are going to try and work the referees to where they can get the game called the way they want it to. That Houston game also was a game that was called uh, like two different halves very much. Uh, And so if you can work it to where you get the calls your way. Uh, But I think this Texas team needs to walk into Houston understanding that unlike how they've played a lot of their careers, unlike how they've kind of tried to start off this season, that they are the underdogs, that this is a matchup not many people are giving them a shot in, and they have to come in with that mentality of we want to go pull the upset, and not necessarily the mentality early in the season of we're everybody's rival, which I, you know you still always have to have, uh, and not have that mentality of we, we can come in, we're Texas, but have the mentality of this is Houston. Houston basketball has been real good. It's one of the reasons that Houston gets into the Big 12. It wasn't for their football. It wasn't for anything other than that men's basketball team. So you have to go in there uh, and try and pull off a big, big upset in the Big 12. That will really bump you up uh, a lot more into securing your space in the the, uh, NCAA tournament. We've talked uh, yesterday about the seven games left and how we thought they could end up with the season for Texas. This is a big game that if you win this one, it makes everything else just that little bit easier because you don't necessarily have that – That cloud hanging over you, that shadow hanging over you of, well, if you lose this one, it becomes harder to get in. And now you're on that bubble and now you're on bubble watch. And as much as you try to pretend that you're not watching what that is, and you're trying to pretend that you don't necessarily, you know, it doesn't bother you what they say it does. And you're going to see it. And you know, you're, they're college kids. They're going to class and having people ask him questions. That all those things happen. So now you're playing a Houston team that you're going to need to show up to and show up with a lot of intensity. This is another big game for Dylan Mitchell, uh, Dylan Mitchell who came back to school to try and you know up his draft stock to show he could play with a lot of bigger you know play with the big boys. And there's a game where his his athleticism, his size, is a severe advantage over a Houston team that doesn't necessarily have that. But can he play with the physicality and the energy that Houston plays? Can he play a 35-minute game without getting in foul trouble but making a huge impact? Can he box out? Can he go up and get rebounds using his athleticism and not allowing the ball to bounce out and go to other guys who are going to be boxing out? Can he get around guys and be looking for rebounds before the ball goes up, understanding where to be on the court, understanding not to put yourself in bad situations? Those are all things. On the offensive end, can he stay in attack mode and not be complacent that he knows he can't hit a three, so he just kind of sits around there and not necessarily looking for the ball, looking to get cuts, looking to get lob passes, looking to get the ball? Can Dylan Mitchell take that step forward uh, against this Houston team and show the people that he can compete against the number three team in the country that is going to beat him around? And when people look at him and say he's a little bit skinnier than they may like for a guy that does a lot of things he does, he can show that he can play with those guys and will continue to build put body uh, put weight on his frame. That's a big question for him this weekend. You want to see if if Max Aism can get open when they try to ball deny Max Aismuth. They're going to play that three guard lineup again, uh that Houston likes to play. And if they can play with that three guard lineup and kind of keep him out and make Tyrese Hunter make a lot more decisions. That's where Tyrese Hunter starts to get in trouble because he gets a little caught up. He's used to playing with Max Aismas now, playing 35 minutes, playing in practice with Max Aismas. Can he flip the switch and be ready to go into, okay, I need to play without Max Aismas, so they have to not ball deny him. We have to be able to score without him. You have Kendall Weaver, who's not going to be the the big offensive option. His defense will help. He wasn't a starter when they played last time. IT Horton started, played 20 minutes in that game. His numbers will probably go down in this one. They've gone down since Kendall Weaver's gotten in the lineup. Uh, So can you see the numbers step up where Tyrese Hunter can take over offensively and at least move the ball around, get some things going, drive the paint, cause Houston to uh, collapse in and then get the ball to a Dylan to or an attacking Dylan Mitchell. Can you do that? Can you make them have to stop ball denying Max Asemus? And if they're not ball denying Max Asemus, can he get open and get shots, which he needs to make early on in this game that offensively, we can also throw in, in the last Texas Houston matchup, Dylan to only gets 14 points in that game, six rebounds. A lot of that was he got in foul trouble early. They knew how to go after him. He, he played a decent amount of minutes, but a lot of those was where he couldn't really bump around and do what he wanted to do inside. The physicality early on in that game really set Dylan to sue off. Uh, if he can get going where he's playing much better now than he was playing then, uh, that three-point shot, if he continues to stroke that three-point shot and makes Houston come out on him to open up the lane for a Dylan Mitchell, for a Max Acemus, for a Tyrese Hunter, and for himself, to make those kinds of plays, that'll be huge. If they can hit those threes, they went six for 20 in threes. Uh, when they played in Austin, which isn't terrible, but it's not where you want to be. You want to be closer to 10 for 20, uh, at least 8 or 9 for 20, Uh, and if you're going to be shooting at that, you have to be able to take those things. You have to be able to play in the paint, not allow those offensive rebounds. That's just the intensity and integrity. It, like, balls can't bounce on rebounds, and it's something that's silly that I get mad at uh, Max Aismith for, but it's any coach will get mad at you. If you're standing and a ball bounces near you, for a rebound and it's contested and you don't get it, then you aren't going for the ball. You have to go for those rebounds. Texas has to go for every off defensive rebound like that. In, you know, Especially you're not a fast break team right now. You, you're playing in the half court a lot, so I don't know why you're trying to rush back down the court necessarily. You have to go for those rebounds. And I think the addition of Kendall Weaver should be a good piece that when you're looking at what this team did to Texas last game, that really Jamal Sheed was the only guy has gone off. L.J. Cryer has not been the offensive weapon this season that he was at Baylor. Uh, they just haven't had the offensive weapon from their other guards. Now, they can. You have to play good defense, but I think Max A. Smith and Tyrese Hunter can take that. If Kendall Weaver can stay on Jamal Sheed, who had 25 points, but he took 24 shots in that game and went 11 for 24, if you can knock him down and make him a bulk shooter, but you're constantly in his face, Kendall Weaver could be a big difference uh, for Texas in this game against Houston. If you were able to keep him and his shooting under wraps, keep him where he never gets going, especially in that second half when he likes to hit some clutch shots, you can slow that down. Another big chance for Texas uh, to take a shot there. A lot of things got to go right for Texas. We all know that. You know you're the underdog going in. You know you're not likely to win the game. So a lot of things have to go right for Texas to win this. If Houston starts shooting 40 50%, and they're just hitting everything if if you know LJ Cryer starts going off then it's going to be a really hard road for Texas to climb if Texas is you know is getting open shots and not hitting them it's going to be a long road even if you're getting rebounds you have to be able to shoot 45%, 40 45% and 50 50 60% on open shots uh you're going to miss some across the paint cuz they're going to beat up on you they're going to go inside Uh, you you have to be able to hit those threes against a team like Houston to make them step out of the paint a little bit more because the difference of getting that foul called when a defender, when you cut to the paint and when you're going in to get in foul trouble and a guy who's already there because they're not respecting everybody's threes and not respecting the outside shot versus when they have to and you get the rotation and everybody's running and now they're coming back in, you get to the free throw line a lot more. Free throw line against a team like Houston is great. Because every shot you're going to be taking is going to be a a battle. And so if you get some free ones and you get a little break to go hit those shots, those are all big uh, possessions for Texas. You know, this isn't one that I would say I'm predicting Texas to win because so many things have to go right. And from what we've seen with this team so far this season, it doesn't feel like they're going to come out with the urgency and intensity like they need to. It just doesn't feel like they're going to be able to Come out with, even if they shoot well to start, which they've done this season, it wasn't necessarily, well, they got four offensive rebounds in that first eight minutes. It wasn't, well, they really shut them down defensively in the first eight minutes. It's more they hit shots and the other team didn't, and that'll flip in a heartbeat in any basketball game. So I'm not saying I think that Texas is going to win this game. I think there's a path for them to win for sure, they have the ability. Dylan Mitchell is such a big piece because they have athleticism on the team, but not size and athleticism is what Dylan Mitchell has. And the ability to go up and get rebounds, those guys box out really well. They use physicality a lot more, and he likes to use finesse and athleticism and, and, and height. He needs to use that to get those rebounds. Dylan DeSue staying out of foul trouble, not getting baited in to a guy who's six eight bumping with you all game long. Uh, Juwan Roberts last game had eight rebounds and 14 points. L- guy like that who just kind of veteranly goes after a Dylan DeSue and gets him into foul trouble, gets him uh, where he can't play his game defensively. Those are the big problems that Texas faces in this matchup. Hopefully they'll be able to figure that out. Hopefully they'll be able to make that matchup. My money's not on it. 11 a.m. games are tough, too, to get really hyped up and that energetic on the road to get that energetic. It's a hard it's a hard thing to do, but this is a game for RT, for Texas. They need to get whatever you have to do to get really pumped up and energetic. You cannot come out with the attitude of we're Texas. You have to come out with the attitude of we're about to beat somebody up. We're about to get into a fight. That's the attitude you have to have. If you want to walk around with your horns up, they're, they're just going to bounce. They're just going to hit them. They don't, it's, that's what Houston does. They play physical basketball, and they, they do it well. They know how to do it with their bodies. They know how to do it with great footwork and not fouls. It's just physical, non-fouling basketball. Uh, And if you don't believe that they can do it, then you're you're in for a long ride for Texas. Uh, But those are some of the things they can do. Dylan DeSue will have to step up in a big way. And depending on if they deny the ball to Max Smith, Tyrese Hunter is going to have to step up. And where he hasn't been great on the road this season, uh, he had a really good game against West Virginia. They've had the week off. They're rested. Hopefully they can come out and hit some threes because hitting threes will open up a lot of things for this Texas team. Uh, if they don't, it's going to be just like we said, there's so many things that if they're not able to do those little pieces, everything becomes that much harder. And you're really relying on Houston, not having a good game. Uh, elsewhere in the big 12, we get a Texas tech and Iowa state matchup. Iowa state has been playing great. They're number 10 in the country right now. Uh, Texas tech is coming off that win against Kansas. So they're feeling pretty good uh, about what they just did to a really good team at Kansas. However, this is on the road. We know in the Big 12, the road is hard. Iowa State's been defending that home court. Texas Tech hasn't been quite the same team on the road offensively, which has been their strength at home. Uh, they're going to have to play physicality against Iowa State and uh, and find ways to get to the free throw line uh, and slow this game down, take the crowd out of it if Texas Tech wants to have a shot against Iowa State. They just have too many clutch players down at the end of games where if you can take the crowd out of it and push them back and just get some free throws – Texas Tech has a shot, but they're gonna have to play a different style of basketball and you know try to push the push the agenda against Iowa State. Also, we get a TCU at Kansas State. Interesting to see TCU has uh, won four of their lat has gone four and two in their last six games. They're looking to turn it up here at the end of the season, playing a little bit better. A team you probably don't want to meet in the Big Twelve tournament could be a matchup for Texas early uh, TCU. Uh, K-State not looking like that. They're kind of fading the other way. They just haven't been able to get their offense going. That could be another road win for TCU, but Big 12, road is hard. The home, games, uh, home court advantage is real in the Big 12, so we'll see what Kansas State can pull out there. You also get Cincinnati, UCF, two new schools. Uh, should be a fun game to watch. Cincinnati wins the game against UCF, but they win the uh, points in the paint in the last battle, 36-20. to 20. They go inside inside hard against UCF. Well, I don't know if they can recreate uh, quite that same matchup this time around, but we will see if Cincinnati can go at them again. I think there's a UCF who's been playing better, closing out games a little bit better, but if Victor Locken can have a good game and these big men for Cincinnati, they can compete with most teams. They're just having trouble keeping them out of foul trouble and keeping them on the court when teams like UCF start to run uh, against them and at home. That feels like what they're going to do. And finally, another big matchup, uh, number 6 Kansas at number 25 Oklahoma. Uh, Kevin McCullough Jr. is expected to return in that game. Oklahoma is likely without, uh, without Soares and Hughley, so it could be a difficult road for Oklahoma. You have to use that home court to try and get your offense going. But again, you have to play physical against Kansas. They're a team that doesn't necessarily like to get pushed around a lot. They're a team that doesn't like to get bumped. And play harder. They they're a team with a lot more finesse and talent, where they don't feel that playing you know Big Twelve style of basketball always favors them. Uh, we saw Bill Self actually got ejected for the first time in his career against Texas Tech because Texas Tech was playing rough and and fair. I don't know if I you know you could complain about the calls or whatever else you want to put in that game, uh, but he gets ejected because Texas Tech just goes at people, and that's what happens in Lubbock. You get rubbed that way. Uh, so OU's got to play physical to have a shot against Kansas or Kansas could pick up a big road win uh, to help them get closer to that two seed. I don't know if they're going to be a one seed, uh, but get, you know, kind of get closer to getting that two seed. And if they do well in the big 12 tournament, who knows, could get jump up into that one seed. You think Houston right now is a, is a good runner up uh, now in the big 12, a team where Houston could have been around there for years before, but now playing the big 12 schedule and still playing at that level feels like they could be a one seed as well. So a big game for Texas this weekend, big games, in the Big 12. It's also NBA All-Star Weekend happening. Uh, we get tonight, we will get the All-Star Celebrity Game. Uh, a couple of football players in this. Uh, the funniest one was that apparently Stephen A. Smith was trying to play around on the court, and the rumor was Micah Parsons crossed him up and broke it, or hurt his ankle and made him go to the hospital, so it wasn't on this, on whatever show he's on this morning. Uh, but you will get to see C.J. Stroud versus Micah Parsons, Texans versus Cowboys, and the event uh, will be a lot of fun. McCole Hardman coming off that big touchdown. Who knows if he slept, if he's still drunk, he's supposed to be playing. Puka Nakua is going to be in the game as well. So a lot of celebrities. It is fun. It's just whatever it is. But it's uh, it'll be fun to see C.J. Stroud, who we knew was a baller back in the day, uh, still shoots hoops before bat- uh, football games. See C.J. Stroud in there. Micah Parsons hopefully doesn't hurt anybody else. Uh, I, I'm a little worried about him coming at somebody full force. I've played basketball with football players before, and it can be painful when you're shooting threes and you put the ball up and you just see him coming right at you with that shoulder down. And You're like, I don't think they're trying to block the shot. That'll be an interesting one. Uh, also tonight, we have the Rising Stars. Uh, the way they do the Rising Stars now is there's four teams, basically three of NBA players and one with a lot of G League. Ignite Ron Holland, the guy who was supposed to go to Texas but did not, was supposed to be playing. He is injured currently. Uh, so he won't be a part of it, uh, but there are some Texas team players in it. Uh, from the Spurs, Victor Wembanyama and Jeremy Sohan are both in the uh, Rising Stars, and Jabari Smith from the Rockets, Derek Lively from the Mavs, are all taking part of the Rising Stars Challenge. The way they're doing it this year is at four teams. Uh, two teams will play uh, two, first to forty uh, of the four teams that there is four first two two matchups. First team to 40 in both those matchups. The winner of those two games will go on to play a first to 25 game uh, to win the uh, Rising Stars Challenge and the Rising Stars games uh, for rookies and sophomores. But some of the young guys uh, for Texas that you can find in there are from Texas teams in Wimby and so on. And, and And they're on two teams. So there's only two teams you have to keep up with. You're rooting for Texas people and you're watching night. Games are at eight tonight, I believe. Uh, team Pow, Pau Gasol is leading the team. Uh, with Victor Wembanyama and Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, are on Team Powell, And Team Jalen with Jalen Rose is Jeremy Sohan and Derek Gladly. Jeremy Sohan is the replacement uh, for Shaden Sharp, uh, who was injured and not able to play. So Jeremy Sohan gets in as a replacement player. Then on Saturday, we get the Kia Skills Challenge. Uh, we get Team Pacers because all this is happening in Indianapolis at the Lucas Oil Field. Uh, so they will be having, uh, but that's team Tyrese Halliburton, Bene- uh, Benedict Matherin, and Miles Turner, former Longhorn Miles Turner. Then you get the All-Stars team with Scotty Barnes and Tyrese Mac- Maxey and uh, Trey Young. That should be a good, decent team. And then the top picks with Paolo Bancaro, Anthony Edwards, and Victor Wimbenyama should be a fun team there with some big size on that one. That's where they got to do the obstacle course. And you know, hit the couple shots in that one. They all do that. They had the passing drills where you have to hit the guy. You know, you get different points for passing, kind of like the skills uh, competition in football. And then a shootout with different numbers, uh, where you get different number of points for what shots you hit. Uh, all of those things. And this is also in the Saturday night event where they're going to have the court with uh, the LED lights in it now. So you're actually going to have lights coming up. I have no idea how it's going to look. It could be ugly. Knowing how the in season tournament looked this year, I don't have a lot of high hopes, but it'll be interesting to see nonetheless. Uh, we also get the three-point contest. Damian Lillard is defending his three-point crown against there Tyrese Halliburton, going to be the home court guy again uh, for that matchup, which should be a fun one. You also have uh, Malik Beasley, Jalen Brunson, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Lori Markkinen, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, and Trey Young, all a part of the three-point contest. And then we have our slam dunk contest. Jalen Brown, hats off to you, Jalen Brown. Hats off to Jalen Brown, a star player on a max contract who is going to be in the slam dunk contest. Hats off to him. We've been getting a lot of lower-name players for a lot of years now. Hats off to Jalen Brown. He will be part of that contest. Mac McClung, the kid from Texas Tech who has been in and out of the league. he's been a, He's a G League player right now, but he won the slam dunk contest last year. He's coming back. Says he has three dunks that we've never seen before and should look good in slow motion, is what he has said. Uh, so that should be fun to watch on Saturday. And with the lights and stuff, who knows what they can get to program in. Uh, Jamie ja- uh, Jamie Juarez, uh, the player from the Miami Heat, came from UCLA. That'll be another fun one in there. And Jacob Toppin from the Knicks closing out uh, the NBA slam dunk players. Slam dunk contest. Look, I still like the slam dunk contest. I still like it. And then finally on Sunday, we get the all-star game. We can talk more about that in a little bit, uh, but I'm thrilled that it's back to East and West. The whole picking the team thing made it feel like it wasn't like you didn't, you didn't care as much. Like there was no one to really root for in that. You may have root for your players, but I like the East and West. I'm for it. I'm going on the hot take. I'm for the East versus West. I know they've talked about doing the world versus uh, USA, but I think they realize that might go over bad if, if the USA keeps losing. So they're like, let's go back to East and West. Uh, and they don't have to pick the teams beforehand. I, I would never – it was always awkward when they were trying to pick teams. Never was a big fan of that. So they will have that. Uh, we'll go over those lineups and everything in a little bit. But I do because we were just talking about the Slam Dunk Contest. Let's get to the big fat poll of the day. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. Big fat poll of the day today, uh, 512-447-3776. Because it is NBA All-Star Weekend, I want to ask you a simple question. Who is the greatest dunker of all time? That slam dunk contest, that's in-game dunks. It's the dunks you see. Who is the greatest dunker of all time? Who is your pick? There's plenty of great ones to go from. You can even say Mac McClung is now the greatest dunker, and it's just because that's what he does better than anything else. Who's the greatest dunker of all time? Let us know uh, on the text line, 512-447-3776. Let us know who is the greatest dunker of all time. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We will get into a, a little hook em up replay, talking some Texans. Uh, Rob Babers went for that. We talked some Texans yesterday. We're going to talk some Cowboys today. But we had uh, Rod talking some Texas Nuggets as well. So we'll get into that when we come back here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. The Sports
1: Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn.
2: Back on the sports complex on a five one two Friday, where we play local music, you can go check out around town this weekend. This is Amplified Heat. They are playing tonight at Valhalla. So, if you want to head on downtown to Valhalla, you can check out Amplified Heat tonight. You know, five one two Friday. I'm uh, gonna keep the show rolling right along. We're gonna get to the text line in just a few minutes. 3776. If you got any takes on All Star Weekend. Anything you're looking forward to an all-star weekend. It is funny. It's in Indianapolis. So uh, I know some of the NBA players not as thrilled. A lot of the media uh, is enjoying though, that there is a little bit of easy uh, transportation and it's a pretty well set up for, city for those kind of things. But if you want to go out and hit the parties, probably not as much fun, uh, but we want to get to a hook them up replay here. If you don't. Uh, so send in those texts. We'll get to those in just a minute. want to play a hook them up replay uh, talking about some uh, Texans news. Uh, we hit some of the Texans talk yesterday, and uh, Rod was hitting it this morning on the show. So uh, why don't we play a little hook em up replay here on the Sports Complex.
0: All right, I know we talk a lot of Cowboys on the show, and we'll actually get back to a little Cowboys conversation. But I want to address the Texans here, yeah, give the Texans fans out there a little bit of love, because there is a couple of uh, – Items That I think are worthy of uh, Texans fans being updated. Okay, so, and I got a suggestion actually for the, for the Texans too that I want to get into that I think would be really interesting. You brought up earlier, E, uh, Derrick Henry re- reportedly, uh, at least based on some of the Vegas odds about where he's going to land, um, that one of the favorites is Baltimore. Uh, I read an article on the 33rd team It's a really good website They basically are devoted to NFL uh, coverage And Marcus Mosher Who uh, writes a lot of stuff for them And actually writes about the Dallas Cowboys too He was writing an article about the top 5 fits For free agent running back Derrick Henry And one of his top 5 fits them Houston Texans. Nice. He brings up the Texans. He said uh, this isn't a perfect fit for uh, this isn't a perfect fit for many reasons, including Houston Texans style of offense. They use a lot of shotgun and empty back sets on their later downs, and their run game is predicated on wide zone runs. But there are a lot of reasons why this could work. First of all, no team in the NFL knows Henry better than the Texans. In fourteen career games against Houston, Henry ran for over fourteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. Yes, I remember it well. Uh, so familiarity, he says, often is a really good selling point. That's a good point. So uh, he at least – I think the point of the article – I don't think Derrick Here's is going to end up with the Texans. But you have been pointing out a while, uh, for a while, do you think the Texans are going to target a running back in free agency?
1: It depends on the price, right? And I think the, the market is going to be – and, again, they're in a position – if you're going to overpay for running back, especially – I'm, I'm I'm a big Saquon Barkley fan for them just because I think he can do similar to what Christian McCaffrey does for that yeah, offense. That's a good point. Uh, he's such a dynamic weapon in all phases. He's kind of like the B. John Robinson argument we had. It's, he's not just a running back. I mean, this guy is a bit of everything for you. Yeah. And to give C.J. Stroud that kind of weapon. Uh, but it's going to depend on market. But, again, if you're going to do it, you do it while C.J. Stroud's in his second year and you haven't had to pay him the bag of bucks that you're going to have to. Yeah. Uh, so you have a couple. You could front load a contract, uh, even uh, overpay a little bit for Saquon Barkley over two years, you know, give him an option for a third that where the price drops and see if you can get at 26, 27, you get his, you know, t- two two really good years you're, out of him and maybe prime. make a run.
0: Yeah, no, I like it. If you can get him, if you don't have to sign him to a long-term deal in it, Maybe he wants a long-term deal. But if you can get him, like you said, one to two years, maybe a third year is an option potentially, yeah. that is the sweet spot because he's 26 years old right now. You just want to maximize him before he gets anywhere close to 30. Ideally, most running backs around 29 to 30, they start to depreciate yep. in terms of their skill set. That would be the perfect window. So I'm I'm with you if you could do that. Um, we know there will be a lot of other teams trying to get Saquon. Well, poor Saquon. Poor Saquon. He was healthy last year. I think he's played 14 games last year and 16 before that. So relatively healthy too. And he just has never been on a good team.
1: No, I mean the poor guy. I mean he's, he's never has a good offensive line. There aren't any offensive weapons around him. The quarterback is Daniel Jones. It's like I think the NFL would like to see Saquon Barkley play on a team with talent. Yeah. I mean, and, and Houston's got talent. I, I mean, uh, right, and, a, and a young quarterback that you know you, he's going to threaten you with the O-line, passing game. O line already, yeah. built. I yeah. think that's a that'd be a cool fit. And then I, I think in the in the in the draft you could address receiver. Um, you know, because I, I like the formation of Nico Collins, Tank Dell. Those are your first two. And then, you know, you could, uh, draft a young receiver that can come along. I, I like that. They also are going to have to replace Dalton Schultz at tight end if they don't resign Dalton Schultz because he was a key cog. He was a one-year deal. Well, a lot of people actually have mocked J.T. Sanders uh, oh, to the Texans in on. that
0: second round. They're, I've seen a lot of those because it, it makes sense. Um, with, Dal- with Dalton Schultz
1: uh, leaving. Yeah, that'll be interesting sense. because the Texans do have the quarterback on a rookie deal. They do have 70 million dollars in cap space both to re-sign their own people and to go on the- to the market and-, and get involved with a guy like Saquon Barkley.
0: Yeah, they yeah. do. Um, and they're uh, speaking of free agent odds. Uh, Bookies has a free agent odds list for Mike Evans, and they have the Texans with the best Ooh. overall odds at plus three hundred to acquire Mike Evans. Mike Evans, uh, former A and standout, but also is from that Houston area. There, they got Tampa Bay with the second best odds to get him at plus three twenty five, and Kansas City with third best odds to acquire Mike Evans at plus 450. That's a scary thought, actually. Uh, that would that would actually be a scary thought, Mike uh, Brett Veach bringing in a Mike Evans for, oh, the pad, for Patrick Mahomes. Over 1,000
1: yards in 10 straight seasons Ooh. to start his career, and you get to go play with Mahomes. I know. That'd be Come a hell of a man. way to
0: end your career, right, <laughs> to end up going uh, ring-chasing with Patrick Mahomes, a potential GOAT. Uh, speaking of, you said you'd like uh, for them, the Texans, to target him while receiving the draft. They're really at, drafting at a great spot where they could – They can just take best talent available. They can draft four, five, six different positions potentially, and none of them would be a bad pick for the Texans. Uh, Benjamin Solak of the Ringer, uh, their latest mock draft has the Texans taking Brian Thomas Jr., the wide receiver from LSU um, at the 23rd pick. He's 6'4", 205, uh, so that would be a nice pickup. I looked at Luke Easterling's mock draft for Sports Illustrated. He's got the Texans taking Byron Murphy. Uh, At 23, saying D'Amico, Ryan's first season at Houston was a massive success, and his team should only get better from here. One key area of need along uh, the D-line is the interior D-line, where Ryan needs an explosive, disruptive playmaker who can camp out in opposing backfields. Murphy is undersized, but otherwise fits the bill perfectly. So uh, that's Byron Murphy has been mocked, you know, anywhere from 13 to 15. This will be a drop actually in Byron Murphy in the mock drafts. Him falling all the way to 23 for the Texans. If he falls there, uh, maybe the Texans make a move. Okay, here's my. Uh, since we're talking about the Texans, I have. Oh, and by the way, there was report from Aaron Wilson the Texans were going to lose their safeties coach. Where Aaron Wilson also reported they're going to keep their safety reco- safety coach. He he was going to leave. His name is. Steven uh, Adigoke, uh he was going to leave and go to Michigan um, as their uh, DB coach, and he has decided since to stay in Houston um, and accept uh, rather than accept the DB coach's job in Michigan. So remember, this is like the second time because Rod Wright reportedly, yeah, was one of the favorites for Sark. And there was a lot of talk that, you know, Sark was zeroing in on Rod Wright and wanted that NFL pedigree. Rod Wright's got, you know, uh, history coaching in Texas and recruiting in Texas at UTSA and recruiting at the college level at Miami. Um, So he seemed almost a perfect candidate, also a lifetime longhorn coming back to Texas uh, with that vacancy. And the reports were that Rod Wright not excited about recruiting. Um, and that he actually made, uh, wanted to hitch his wagon to the meteoric rise of one of D'Amico Ryans, and D'Amico Ryans uh, reportedly also is a big fan of Rod Wright, and Rod Wright stayed there as the assistant D-line coach. Um, so, yeah, I mean, said another one where he's deciding to stay uh, with D'Amico Ryans and that staff instead of going to the college level, which would have been a promotion for him. says a lot about D'Amico Ryans and the, uh, the culture he has there. Coaches want to be around him. They want to stay. They think something special is building the Texans.
1: Interesting. yeah. And this offseason's big, right? Because as Ty said, you know they, they won 10 games, 7 losses, won a playoff game, but they still have holes that they have to fill if they want to really compete with the top teams in the AFC consistently. Yep. Uh, and that's, that's up to Nick Casario this offseason. But you're right, building that coaching staff, hitting the free agency, hitting the draft, and building something they can sustain uh, long haul because well,
0: yeah you got the, work, the hardest part is already done
1: yeah CJ well, Stroud we talked about a lot during the year and it, this is why they, the the excitement because then you say in the draft the Texans could go any position which is true because you know when you're trying to build a foundation of a, of an organization you're looking for quarterback left tackle playmaking receiver corner edge rusher edge rusher. Well, you could argue Houston already has all those. I mean, they already have them in place. <laughs> they do. Um, they, they have Laramie Tunsil, who mm-hmm. went to the Pro Bowl again this year, was one of the best tackles in, in the AFC, and a pretty solid offensive line. You have uh, Nico Collins, who was the third-highest graded pro football Focus wide receiver this year uh, third, uh, in his third year exploding onto the scene. You have C.J. Stroud, obviously a quarterback. You have De- Derek Stingley at corner. You have Will Anderson, offensive rookie of the year. So those are your premium positions. So now – you're trying to fill holes. You're trying to get tougher up front. You're trying to, you know, dabble in a Saquon Barkley, b- f- continue to fill out your back end at safety and be better in coverage because I think that was a problem in Leaky at times. The linebacker core could use some addressing. So this could be a year where Houston kind of does like Detroit did last year, where yep. they just they don't have to focus on premium positions. They need to they need to fill some playmakers. These guys they know they can play. You guys they know they can play because you you mm-hmm. you you really have in your in, in a pretty quick order filled the elite positions you need cornerstone players at the cornerstone positions of a franchise. Well, now you can, you can do that kind of stuff at running back linebacker safety, tight end Jatavion Sanders, uh, some luxury players that, man, this, is, this guy's too good to pass because he yeah. can, he can help us be a better ball club.
0: Uh, speaking of be, uh, being a better ball club, I have an idea. Um, because the Texans lost their offensive analyst, their offensive assistant uh, Shane Day to the LA Chargers. Uh, Jim Harbaugh bought him in. He's building that coaching staff. I think the Texans may serve themselves well by bringing in Eric Bieniemy. Ooh. Bring in Eric Bieniemy as an assistant coach of some kind. Interesting. Uh, no, I mean I haven't heard much about him being coveted on the market. A lot of us assume that Kansas City would just make a spot for him if he didn't. Get picked up by some of the squad. I think he wants to go somewhere else. I don't think he wants to go back to Kansas City. I think he knows if he goes back to Kansas City, he's just gonna stay in Kansas City, period. And he's never gonna go anywhere else. He's got to get outside to explore. Yeah, he's he's got to get outside. The he's basically in the friends He's in the coaching friend zone, right? And and the only spot where he can rise up and open mobility is Kansas City. If I am if I'm D'Amico ryan's in Texas, I give him another opportunity and say, listen, Bobby is a star. He's a star. I mean, we can't. We can only keep him for so long. We had to. We had to up his pay. He's this gonna year. be a head coach soon. After yeah, after one years, his first time being a play caller, we had to up his pay. He we may be able to keep him around for two more years, uh, but if we don't. I, you know, he could step in as your as a potential offensive coordinator and play caller. Now that's different than the Shanahan offense. But Eric B. Henry, I think, is skilled enough to be able to run the Shanahan offense if you just want him to run that offense. Um, Ideal, I think, everybody wants to run their scheme, whatever it may be. Uh, but even if he doesn't, you know, necessarily take over the play calling duties or your coordinator duties. You can still bring him in as a a pass game coordinator. You can still bring him in as an offensive assistant of some kind. He definitely will help your coaching staff. Now, if you don't want him to run the system um, that he wants to run after Bobby Sloak leaves, that's fine. You can find another alternative. But just bringing him in as a championship coach, (laughs) championship caliber coach, who can bring you a lot of the the cheat codes and a lot of the uh, philosophical traits that Andy Reid uh, covets and that Andy Reid point. utilizes, man, I'd bring him in. And you might have to face Kansas City. Hopefully, hopefully, if all this roster construction goes according to plan, and you do, uh, and CJ Stroud takes the next level, and you do as a franchise elevate and separate, you got to see Kansas City. Yeah. And that guy knows Kansas City.
1: Yeah, he does. I like that idea. I do. And if you're, you know, if you're, if you're the agent for Eric Vietam, if you're looking for a spot like that where you can. Be a, a, get yourself back on the escalator yeah, rising. You Cause, cause build if, your own brand. If Bobby Slowick does have another good year and moves on. Well, now you're OC and you're working with CJ Stroud and you have an opportunity. So Come on, I nice. like that. I like that a lot.
2: Good stuff there from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on The Horn. Uh, I, do, I do like the idea of Eric being to me and trying to bring in as many... Uh, different minds and, and and intelligent people into the room and trying to figure out how to get it working, get that run game. I'm sure Eric Bieniemy can help you find more ways to get that run game working, uh, help CJ Stroud and his progression as a guy who worked with Patrick Mahomes. You know, I know there is two camps on Eric Bieniemy. There's always been two camps. There's the camp of, well, you know, we did this, but it was all Andy Reid really doing it, and it's kind of an elevated, and, you know, we saw this year in, in Washington that he wasn't necessarily the guy, and, even though there wasn't really a ton of talent there, but uh, that there is that school and there's a school of thought that he is a really good offensive mind and can offer a lot. And if you're Houston and right now you're feeling pretty good that you know, you you know you got your fan base coming back big. I, I like that. I like the thought of that as a as a fun move to do uh, for Houston to keep trying to evolve and, and in the place that you know that Bobby Slug probably has one if you're really lucky two years left as a offensive coordinator. Uh, for the Texans is he was already getting head coaching uh, opportunities and interviews this year that uh, very easily he could go up and take that spot because, you know, defensive head coach, he's going to get all the credit uh, and and be able to be in the place that that off- offense worked well. You hope that the Texans have another really good offensive year and out- offensive output next year. Uh, we'll see what they do in their draft uh, to improve the offense. But I like that idea. Some good stuff from the Texans. We talked some yesterday. You can find the podcast on the podcast page at hornfm.com or hornfm.com. You can find uh, the podcast page. And we talked some about Texans free agents yesterday uh, in the hour two of the show. And uh, we'll get into some uh, Cowboys free agency in a little bit. We'll come back, though. and when wanting to uh, come back, get to the text line, 512-447-3776 on the text line. We'll come back and uh, get to some of those text messages. If you want to talk some Texas basketball, if you want to talk some NBA, the All-Star Weekend, any thoughts you have on that or on the on the uh, LED court that's supposed to be coming out this year for it, uh, how you think that's going to look and if that's going to be cool. Uh, if you feel like you got any takes on uh, the All-Star Weekend festivities, who what you like your best, send that in. And the poll of the day, who is the greatest dunker of all time? Send that in on the text line, 512-447-3776. We'll take a quick break. Come back, get to the text line here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.
1: The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn.
2: Back in the Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon, 512 Friday, playing local music. You can go check out live around town this weekend. This is Coyote Radio. They're playing Saturday at Hole in the Wall. Get down there on campus, check out Hole in the Wall. You can check out Coyote Radio playing Saturday at Hole in the Wall on a 512 Friday. All right, let's get to the text on 512-447-3776, 512 512- Four four seven three seven seven six. whatever you guys want to talk about on there and we're asking a big fat poll today today so I see some answers already in there uh, who is the greatest dunker of all time uh, first text says uh, no silly turnovers talking about Texas basketball I'm assuming and that is uh yeah I mean that's an every game thing and of course when you're playing the better teams you play the more you have to watch the turnovers uh, I for, for Texas versus Houston it's those it's holding the ball for too long, allowing Houston to come in and bump you. And then, you know, just instinctually, if you're a basketball player, your normal response to kind of getting trapped and bumped is to think, well, they're fouling me because if I'm attacking and they do this to me, it's a foul. But if I'm holding the ball back, they normally won't call this. And so you think, well, they're going to call it. If I just kind of hold on to it, they'll call it foul, And they're not going to. Uh, and Houston's really good at doing that. So, you know, not make being indecisive with the basketball and pulling the ball too far out uh, beyond the three-point line cause it just leads to too easy a fast breaks for the other team when you pull out and you're five feet behind the three-point line trying to get away from pressure, and they keep bringing it, and then you have to throw a pass across the court uh, further across where if anyone tips that ball, it's going the other way for at least two points. Those are the type of turnovers you can't have because they lead to automatic points. If you turn the ball over on a pass underneath the basket, it usually doesn't turn out to be two points the other way, or at least an automatic two. So those, you know, if you're trying to make the big pass to to Dylan Mitchell and you miss a couple of those, those, I don't consider those as silly. The big ones you have to worry about are those ones at half court and behind the three-point line where, you know, you're just trying to make a a lazy pass across and not thinking that Houston's going to be in attack mode. And just go pick that one off for an easy two. That's more what you have to worry about with those silly turnovers uh, against Houston. And you know that you they know better not to do it. Uh, but I, I, you know, this what I said earlier is I think that being able to play them earlier and see firsthand what they're going to do to you may help them a little bit coming into this game, understanding that you, this is not somebody you can kind of expect to not do the most of everything. They're going to come at you with everything they have uh, every time. Going to our poll today, uh texter saying, uh, let's see, Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp's going for power? For power, yes. I don't know, you know, in, if you played NBA Jam. NBA Jam, I think, may give him an accelerated opinion. But, yeah, you, th- Sean Kemp dump, dunking, you never wanted to be underneath that. You never wanted to be around Sean Kemp. The list, let that happen on the other side of the court. You didn't want to be posterized by Sean Kemp because he came in with fury and passion. Uh, and we'll say Seattle Sean Kemp, not Cleveland Sean Kemp uh, when things are going downhill. Uh, and Sean Kemp in second is Dominique Wilkins. We get Nate to say it's Dominique. Dominique was great. And, I mean, in-game in, in game dunking up there, definitely definitely top three undisputed in-game dunking, the human highlight reel, what he could do with the ball. I I, I would go with this one, this texter who says, uh, Vince Carter, greatest dunker of all time. No questions or doubts about it. Vince Sanity. Uh, yeah, I think that Vince Carter is... For me, and it may just be that I, you know, of a generational thing. Vince Carter for me, seeing what he did in games, seeing what he did in the dunk contest, all of those, just the creativity of his dunks with the athleticism. I, I, I put that one is I put Vince as my top dunker of all time. But I think Dominique's their top three. Uh, Wonder says Dominique Wilkins as well. Locksmith Ryan says, uh, well, I think Spud Webb dunks back in the day are pretty iconic. Another vote there for Vince Carter. Another one for Vince Carter from DayDrinker77. I like all those. Uh, random text here, number 69, says, On Dunks I go old school and say Daryl Dawkins just for the shattered backboard. Is says, Daryl Dawkins, uh, was he the one with the nickname that he was from Planet Sextron and all of that? Was, he that, was that Daryl Dawkins or am I mixing him up with somebody else? I can't remember off the top of my This is something it's, a, it's something from 10 years ago that I remember, and I can't remember off the top of my head now. But, yes, he was another one like Sean Kemp that he would come down with a, a massive amount of force. I like how this also from Andrew Texter 69 uh, Might have to uh, deep dive to figure out if anyone would know. Uh, you might. Is there a 512 artist that has actually recorded Kansas City and happens to be performing on this weekend, bringing the two themes of this week together? Uh, I doubt recorded. Uh, I mean, your best guess. I mean, Willie Nelson, we played this week. I don't think he's playing in town this week, uh, but Willie Nelson, if we're counting him as a five, one, two artist, uh, we played him this week, Jimmy Vaughn, I know has played it before, uh, maybe like a Marshall ball, maybe WC Clark, but I don't think he's ever recorded. It's uh, one of those blues. I don't know if anyone young ever recorded it either. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I can't say that anybody that I know was playing this weekend did. Uh, I'm sure someone could put it. I know people have played it in town. Clearly. Plenty of blues players have played the song, but I don't know if anybody's recorded it. Maybe an Alan Haynes on an early thing he plays around. I don't know, maybe. Maybe one of those guys. I don't know, though. I like the question, though. I like the way you're thinking there. uh, Rams, uh Locksmith Ryan also says, has Scoot Henderson lived up to the hype this year? Haven't heard about him. He's in Portland, so you just don't hear a ton about him. Uh, he's been okay, but his shooting has not been there, so he's an okay scorer, but his shooting isn't there. It's that weird part in the middle, like like Kevin Durant earlier in his career was a really good scorer, but not necessarily the best shooter. He's improved his shooting now. Uh, Scoot Henderson has to improve his shooting. Uh, he's also had some injuries throughout the year that has kind of taken him out and lowered his playing time, and they're, they're trying to tank, which you know this is not the best year to tank. The draft's not that stocked, but uh, I think they're trying to make sure that they don't necessarily get too good because uh, they're still trying to go get that pick uh, and try and figure out and rebuild that franchise. They're still trying to figure out what they're doing. Uh, But he has not lived up to the height. He is not. uh, Wimby has definitely been ahead of him. Chet Holmgren, who is, you know, with the class before, but he's there. He's ahead of him. Uh, And then the Thompson brothers are both doing okay, but they haven't been consistent enough. Uh, to be in that conversation. Yeah, Brandon Miller's actually done pretty good in Charlotte, but it's Charlotte, so no one's talking about that one either. All right, got to take a quick break. Text line's still open, 512-447-3776. Graves Dunker of all time, send that in. If you want to talk some basketball, send that in. We'll talk a little bit more about the All-Star game. We'll talk about uh, Texas baseball uh, kicking off their season tonight against San Diego, and we'll get into some Cowboys talk as well. As, mo- as long as uh, – and, and whatever else you want to talk about on the text line, 512 512- Four four seven three seven seven six is the text line. We'll come back and get to the text line and a whole lot more when we come back on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn App and HornFM.com.